Marketing Espresso, making marketing as enjoyable, energizing, and digestible as your morning coffee. Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Marketing Espresso. I'm so grateful you are here and listening to this potty. I have got a really good guest for you. Of course, it's Tuesday, but before we get into the guest, I want to do that thing that you've already tuned out to, and that is me begging you. (laughs) No, I'm not begging. I'm just asking if you love this podcast and you listen to it religiously, or maybe you've just gotten into it, please share it with someone else that you think could benefit from it. And also leave me a review and a rating. It's the greatest way for me to grow the podcast. My goal into 2024 is definitely to grow this thing. I want I want to change the way that people look at marketing. And I think the only way to do that is to have these really big conversations on a platform like a podcast where we can change this whole stigma around marketing doesn't work. And also just get everyone out of the tactics. I think the real trick for the year going forward will be you know, making sure that you have a really good strategy, implement on that. So that is why this podcast is important. Now, today I have someone on the show that's going to give us some really great financial advice. I think it's something that all of this stuff actually stems to really good marketing. I talk often about how everything needs to be intertwined. So I have got Melissa Clarence on the podcast today, and she is a happy mum of three. She's run her own bookkeeping business for over 20 years now. And over that time, she's come to understand just how important it is for small business owners to have their accounts in order. She's passionate about making the process as simple as possible, and she loves helping business owners unlock their potential through having their accounts in order. She's currently the owner of MBooks, that's her bookkeeping business, and the Ask Hub, which is her bookkeeping support business. This means she's able to help those who outsource their accounts and those who don't. Her goal is to simply help as many business owners as possible grow a business they love by allowing them to have a clear financial picture of where their business is at. I am so excited to bring her to you today. Her details are in the show notes. So make sure if you love this episode, you reach out and tell her what you love. Same as me, reach out, say, hey, tell me what you love. And I hope you love it. Melissa, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Beck. Um, always a pleasure to jump on these podcasts. I love chatting. Yes, me too. It's problematic. <laughs> <laughs> So today, we are just going to have a general chit chat about all things bookkeeping and accounting and all of this stuff that people need to do in their business. I know it's not specific marketing, but I think it's actually super important for people because I don't, I mean, I don't cover this at all because I'm terrible. I have no idea. So I'm just going to hand the mic over to you and say, what are the key things people really need to actually be aware of in their business when it comes to this stuff? Yeah. Well, firstly, I'd like to say to your listeners, please don't tune out. I know that it's a boring topic. <laughs> I know that this isn't going to bring customers through your door, but it is just as equally vital to understand the finances in your business. Otherwise, what are you doing all of this work and, and going through the pain for? So the first thing and the reason that we do this is because it tells the story of, of what, what you're doing. Um, you know, if you're not analysing your sales and the costs associated that with that, you know, how can you make decisions about what your business is doing? How can you make marketing decisions if you don't have the data at hand to kind of analyse what's going on? Like maybe you want to do some Facebook advertising. If you don't have a system set up to kind of monitor the uplift in your sales post that advertising, you can't then make a decision next time whether or not to spend that. So I think it does tie into marketing because it gives you the answers that you need to then formulate your next marketing strategy. Yeah, I love that because I often talk about marketing reporting and things like that. And like I, I, we probably don't cover this topic 
often enough on this podcast about marketing budgets and how you actually set them and how, you know, this historical data of I spent 30 bucks on Facebook ads, but I got, you know, $80 in return. Okay, cool. Well, that justifies if you in your next year's marketing budget want to allocate X amount to, to advertising. And it's such a like, for me, it's something I used to do every single day when I worked in corporate in my own business because I don't really have advertising budgets myself. But a lot of smaller businesses need to have the advertising budget. They need to see what they're spending. So it's so true. Like it is so important to have historical data that can justify future spend. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think a lot of people in in a small business and, and we're talking, you know, micro to small businesses, not small to medium, because by the time that you're getting up to that small to medium enterprise, you've probably got a marketing department. You've got different departments within your business that take the pressure off you as the business owner. But down at the bottom level of of the, the small business, so we're wearing multiple different hats and we don't have that structured time to sit down and go, okay, well, today I'm going to work out, you know, what I'm going to do with marketing. And so often the brightest, shiniest thing that comes through the door in terms of, you know, guaranteeing sales, they'll just jump at. And yeah. I've got a good example of this. I went to an expo a couple of weeks ago and there was a, a business owner there and she her branding was just phenomenal. I loved like the whole branding of her table and banners and things like that. And I got chatting to her and I said, look, I love the branding. It's so good. All, everything was on point. Would have cost an absolute fortune plus the expo fee and all that kind of thing. And I said, so how did, how's your business going? Like how many clients have you got? How have you got with conversations today? She had hardly any work and I was like why are you spending all of this money making it look pretty instead of directing those funds into channels that would have actually got you money through the door so where the the reason I guess that bookkeeping exists is to really have the data to think about whether or not that that was the right thing to do you only make those decisions and you know it's good for vanity purposes and those sorts of things if you've got the money left over to do it and you only know if you've got the money left over to do it if you've done a bank reconciliation. And if you know, don't look at your bank account. This is such a situation that happens in small business all the time. People run their businesses from the balance of their bank account. They make decisions based on that all the time. And it's the wrong data to be making those decisions from because in that bank account could potentially be GST that you need to remit to the ATO in three months. It's not your money to spend. If you have staff or you're paying yourself a salary, there's superannuation in there. There's PAYGW in there. So the bank balance is really not a determinative factor about whether or not you can spend money. And that's why you need to do the bank rec and look at your profit and loss to make those decisions. Yeah, I love that. And I think so many people just think of bookkeeping as someone to look after my receipts or send the invoices out. And it is so much deeper than that. Because I mean, personally, the way that I do my bank accounts is I have it something set aside for my tax and all that. So there's never a shock. And I I probably did that because I read Profit First. Okay, I read like the first chapter because that's all you need to read, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm going to get absolutely slayed for saying that. (laughs) Um, But, you know, world's most boring book, but also world's most important book or like one of the, but it's, it's one of those things, like there's that side of things. But then there is this thing of sometimes we get, like I know my emails get flooded with marketing crap. Okay, like flooded. And also like I hear a lot, I see a lot, I hear a lot, like we, we're we constantly being fed information about what we should be doing in our business. And that's why I kind of created this podcast because it's like, let's cut through the crap 
because there's no, I should be doing this for my business. And expos are a perfect example. I cannot tell you how many times when I was in corporate roles and also businesses I've worked with since, you know, starting my own business. And they've been like, hey, Beck, someone wants me to be at this expo and spend 10 grand, but I'll get a speaking position and I can have my brand there. And I'm like, okay, let's look at it. Firstly, is your target client there? Secondly, Mm. what's the ROI you anticipate on that? And Mm -hmm. it's the same with like, you know, um, bigger businesses. I used to always have this argument with people about promo items or, you know, like buying a corporate box for a season of the NRL or the AFL. Mm. And it's like Mm. all of these things are great if you have the money. If not, there are a lot like cheaper and more efficient ways to do, say, corporate hospitality, to do great branding, to get your name out there Mm. without spending thousands and thousands of dollars. And I think one of the other ones is everyone getting like, I think it's like CEO magazine, or I don't, I don't actually want to say who it is. It's like one of those big CEO magazines or global ones. They approach a lot of my customers and they're like, you know, pay to play in our magazine and we'll write an article about you. We'll get you in front of it. I'm like, many people are really reading that. Yeah. And to have that sounding board of a bookkeeper or have a sounding board of someone that's seeing the the messy side to your business, which is and the true side to your business, which is the accounts, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Like like the the truth is in the data, right? Yeah. There, and and accounting is the backbone of your business because yeah. once you get going, so the statistics are pretty grim in Australia. Most small businesses will fail within the first five years. So Usually the first year, everyone writes off as a hard year. It's like, you know, getting that first sort of foray into business. So the metrics of what you've done in the first year are usually all set up costs and you don't usually turn a profit in the first year unless you're a service-based business because then you're just selling your time for money. Mm. Um, It's usually year two, three, and four that you really get down into the nitty gritty. And this is when bookkeeping becomes so important because The reason I think most people fail in year five is that the tax office eventually captures up to them and they haven't been doing their taxes and they've been bootstrapping this business. And, you know, if there's inventory, then, you know, they've put a lot of their um, capital into inventory to obviously then sell things. And then it just all crashes down on them in that fifth year. And then they just go, I've just run out of money. I can't do it anymore. Mm. I went to a, a, talk about a month ago and the lady that runs hero packaging i think it was her or the other um it was like a a cosmetics lady either one of them had to all intents and purposes on instagram an absolutely rocking and rolling business you know posting all the time hitting the wins always you know getting quoted in magazines and stuff like that in the fifth year of her business they had a dollar in their bank account because they were an inventory-based business, so they had to outlay a whole lot of cash to get the stock in to them to be able to sell it. But then they didn't get the return on that stock purchase as sales for another six weeks. And so there was this six-week gap of real bad cash flow. So that's why it's really important to have this, this information at hand, especially in an inventory business, because cash flow is king. And, you know, and you don't want to be one of those statistics where at, you know, year five, you just go, what was it doing? Conversely, if you're a service-based business and you're just really struggling um, to hit that profit goal, then, you know, you might look at your your figures and go, am I just not better off going back and working for somebody? Because not only are you just getting, you know, not even as much money as you would in a salary, 
but you've also got the all of the admin relating to running your business as well. Mm-hmm. And that's the mental load that I think people don't understand is that it's not just producing the service or the product. It's everything else that goes into running a business. It's really, really hard. It is really hard. Um, <laughs> and sometimes if you just look at your data and you just go, gosh, for four years of like blood, sweat and tears, I'm taking a salary of $60,000. You ask yourself the question, is it worth it? Mm. Or do you really believe that in the next two years, you can really ramp up this business and get it going? And and that is only going to be able to be sort of thought about if you have your figures available to you at all times. I mean, mm. I'm reviewing my profit and loss every month and then I'm reviewing it every three months, six months and 12 months because one month doesn't really tell you the whole story. Three months gives you a pattern and then six months and 12 months. And you can just make decisions based on your business from there. Yeah. And like, even for me, this is the first year I've actually set month by month targets for what I want to hit. And I've only been able to do that because I had no true historical data, really. I mean, for me, my first year in business, I was, because I'm service, obviously my first year was epic. I had two huge contracts. But I knew that wasn't going to be the story of my business forever. And it also wasn't work that I really wanted to keep doing. And then obviously last year, I made huge changes. I I completely moved away from my agency type style business and I moved into a new business model. So it's been very hard to like see the ebbs and flows in my business and paint a real story of what it's going to look like, say, for next year. So there's Mm. been a little bit of guesswork and like dreaming, (laughs) but there's also been like, I can see patterns. Like I know certain months for me are really quiet because Mm. people are busy doing other stuff. They don't want to think about their marketing, but it's about also that allows me to understand, well, when do I need to hustle a little bit harder to build that pipeline to survive those months that are going Mm. to be a bit drier? And I think if we, I think our figures and our financials are the one thing that They scare the shit out of most people and it's the easiest thing to just bury your head in the sand. I know when, and I speak very, very openly about most things in my life and finances is one of those. I was always very financially illiterate before I went through my divorce, to be honest. And now I really understand budgets and savings and things like that. And I, I still have a lot to learn. I think, you know, I'm a lifetime learner, all that great stuff. But the start of this year for me was particularly challenging because I think, and almost every business owner I've spoken to has said, forget COVID. This is the hardest year I've had. Mm. And it's because, you know, we have had this constant, like constant increase of everything. And and it actually got to the point where I looked at my business. I'm like, I haven't increased my rates. I'm going to have to be that person that does that too. Right. And the only way I could do that, looking at my, my budgets and and my financial figures, I was like, I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going to be in real trouble if I don't do something here and unfortunately add to the problem. Yeah. (laughs) So, Look, I think it, it, you know, it's, it is one of those things that a lot of people bury their heads in the sand about. And and conversely, it's the same for me in marketing. I don't understand it. (laughs) I I have no creative bone in my body. It it scares me because I, when I sit down and think about it, I'm like, I want to go in a million different directions. And, you know, obviously that's wrong. So I, I understand that feeling of fear and not understanding. If you just break it down into smaller pieces, though, it's really not that difficult. And, and the way that I, usually make the analogy with my clients that are really struggling with it is just think about a five drawer filing cabinet. Your bookkeeping in your business is a five drawer five draw filing cabinet. Top drawer is your assets. And that's usually in a small business, you're going to have a bank account and maybe a motor vehicle and some office equipment. 
and you shove those ones in the top drawer. The second drawer is what you owe money to. Do you have a credit card? Do you owe some tax debt? Do you have a loan that you, you know, use to start up the business? The middle drawer is the drawer that nobody understands, and that's your equity drawer. And that drawer tells you how much money the company or the business is worth over the time that you've been operating in it. So when you run a profit and loss in a balance sheet, they're always based on a specific amount of time. But that equity drawer is like banking all of your year's worth of ups and downs. And you pull that equity drawer out at any given moment, it tells you where the business is right then and there. But it also takes into account your history. So I think the equity drawer is one that um, accountants understand really well. And usually when you get, you know, some advice, that's the figure that they're looking at. Whereas you as the business owner usually will look at a PL. Mm. You want to know what your sales are and what your expenses are, but it's only partially the picture. Mm. So if we go back to the filing cabinet, the fourth drawer is going to be your income drawer. The fifth drawer is your expenses drawer. And that is bookkeeping in a filing cabinet. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so you're filing your things away. You're filing the transactions that go into income. And in that income drawer, you might have a couple of manila folders about the different streams of income. You know, you might have your um, sales, you might have a service, you might have a subscription, and you're filing your income with each of those things. So that is as difficult as you need to consider your accounts. And obviously, um, software on the market now obviously makes that a lot easier to be able to file, file those um, income and expenses. And things. But at the end of the day, that filing cabinet is your business in a, in a box. And then once you've filed everything, then you can start pulling reports. Then you can start analysing data. And that is where you're going to be one of those businesses that survives the five years because the businesses that keep their head in the sand eventually run out of money and then don't know why. The businesses that analyze and run those reports are the ones that are going to survive the five years and, and go onwards and, and hopefully thrive. Yeah. And I think regardless of how scary you think your numbers are, and if you think that you're in a bit of a dark place, if you refuse to look at them, you can't plan. Oh. You mm-hmm. can't take action because you're just busy ignoring. And I think the minute that you can take action, if you've got debt with the ATO or if you've got debt on a credit card that you're like, shit, that's maxed out more than I had hoped. Once you have a plan, like every single time you get X amount into your income, that's actually going to go to paying off that or whatever it is. You can actually, yeah, like set aside a plan. If you don't, if you flat out refuse to look at things, you can't plan. It's the same with your marketing, right? Like if you won't look at, look at what's happening, look at what's good for you, of course, you're always going to feel overwhelmed. I absolutely love the idea of the five draw filing cabinet. And I think it's a great place to kind of wrap it all up. If there was one other tip that you could leave people with and one thing that they're like, that's the most important thing I learned from this podcast, what would you leave people with? My piece of advice, let's assume that everyone goes goes forth and bank reconciles. Let's assume that. (laughs) The one piece of advice I'd give people is constantly analyze your profit and loss statement. Because you will be surprised at the things that are generated in there that you just didn't understand. And and I'm, you know, now that I'm sort of analyzing my profit and loss statement really closely in detail, because I've also set myself some goals, which I'd never done before in my business, it does really refine your brain in terms of your business. And sometimes, you know what, it actually just gives you a bit of a big up. It's like, I'm 
running a legitimate business here. Like, you know, yeah. that imposter syndrome can go and get effed. Yeah. Because if I look at that report, this report is telling me that I'm doing really well. Yeah. And the other thing about setting those goals right financially, I've got mine on my whiteboard to my left or right, right. <laughs> go, God bless me and my smarts. But what I do every month is I also put the figure next to it. It's red if I haven't hit it. It's green if I've gone over it. And let me tell you, the reds hurt and I make up for it the next month. For and Or I look into why it's red. Um, well, it puts a fire in your belly, right? Really. It's like, you know, I've got to get my shit together here. And yeah. how good do you feel when you write the green number? Oh, completely. And another thing is I have boxes as to how many sales I actually have to get to meet those numbers. So I know exactly what it is. It's not just having a fluffy... I'm going to manifest. It's actually, no, I fucking have to meet these targets. And if I don't, I'm going to really disappoint myself and no one wants to disappoint themselves. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today, Melissa. Where can people find you? So I have a website, www.mbooks.com.au. I'm also on Instagram at mbooksbaz. And uh, you can also uh, send me an email, which we will put um, underneath this podcast. Amazing. I'll put all those details in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me. No worries. Hi, Beck here, just dropping in to say that if you are struggling with your marketing planning, I have got the solution just for you. I have recently launched my marketing planner to the world and I am offering it to you at a 5% discount for listening to the potty. You can see what's in the planner and how it's going to change your life simply by visiting my website, beckchapel.com.au and heading to the resources section. When you're ready to check out, chuck in Potty VIP and you'll get your 5% discount. Thanks for listening and I hope that it changes your life.